Well, I'm like a pigeon over the forge. I'll take you to Tennessee and forge your signature on this Airbnb. And then, uh, you know, uh, keep stay in the house for six months, pay six months of rent, and then be like, hey, I'm not moving out. Um, <laughs> it's actually a real story. Um, I came across the story off uh, the Graham Stephan Show, where a tenant in California, specifically in one of the nicest neighborhoods in LA, I can't remember if it was somewhere, Brentwood or one of those, it's a very nice place. But she paid essentially, I think, you know, $4,000 a month or some rent, you know, but it was an Airbnb, so she paid daily. To, I guess it was an older woman. Um, so essentially, after six months of stay at this Airbnb, uh, they wanted to, she kind of stopped paying rent or paying whatever you call the Airbnb fee every day, week. And um, the homeowner person leasing it out is like, hey, you stop paying your stuff. You got to get out of here. And she's like, no, I'm not. Um, you know, I have every right to stay, blah, blah, blah. You have taken care of this and that and the other. I know my rights as a tenant. And he's like, yeah, but you don't rent. You are an Airbnb. You're like a hotel guest in a sense. But apparently there's some technicalities with the stuff that was being broken down. Like, well, since it was not, you know, this is why if you're doing long-term stays somewhere, you should have like a actual lease. Because if you're the person who's renting out the home to someone, because you'll probably have a lot more liberties and rights and stuff. And apparently she knew some type of law with her disability and the regulations that still go on there. That she stays at this place for X amount of time and has shown that she didn't just move in the squat as they call it. And she actually has some legitimate bones from certain things and stuff that she technically doesn't have to move out. And uh... You know, I just want—I just want to appreciate her. Look, I am not for someone uh, fucking over the system. I am not for someone taking advantage. I am not for someone who is trying loopholes of technicalities when really they're just trying to get a quick one and all that stuff. But you know what? Paying six months at that rate, even for that home, it's kind of absurd. And as someone that pays rent, and I'm pretty sure all my rent buddies uh, can go out there and be like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. As a woman who just got tired of the shit, who's probably been through the ringer, disabled, has all these issues. She's like, you know what? I'm not. And you know what? I'm not fucking going anywhere. I picked this place. It's a nice ass fucking. It's a real nice place. (laughs) Shit. And it's like... Uh, it's like she doesn't even leave the premises. So it's like he technically can't enter the space without her permission, even though he kind of owns the home. Or maybe he just fears for his life. I don't know. Like this shit's kind of weird. 
But look, I, I've been I've been in one Airbnb as I foreshadowed in Tennessee, and I was surprised <laughs> that they actually have cameras in the place. I didn't know that was kind of legal. Obviously, I guess they can't have in the bathroom, but I guess they can. But they're saying they had cameras all over the place. But in the thing, they're like, well, we'll only look at it if necessary. It's like, it's very vague. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, I hate to burst your bubble, but I'll be bursting some bubbles, booties, um, on your couch. Um, <laughs> oh, being young. But that's the kind of thing. It's like, you know what? Sometimes the less you know, the better. Like if I was an Airbnb owner, look, I would have cameras on the outside security. See who's coming in and out. Like, you know, make sure people are, you know, abiding by the lease and stuff. But, you know, you got to understand when you rent your place out to people, they're going to do some things in it you don't want to know or do. So, yeah, um, maybe more of all that is if you want to uh, be an Airbnb host or be an Airbnb guest, just know both can get fucked over. And I am all here for it. Because that shit was like 167 a fucking day. And it was all right. But I mean, come on. It, was, it wasn't all that. But it was nice. It was on the mountains. Uh... And uh, I'm like a tectonic plate. Because when we clash, we actually uh, create big things, eh? Um, <laughs> oh, that was the land before time. And I will land this intro before time has hit six minutes. And it has. All right. Welcome to episode 230 Woo! of the Off Me Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Yeah. Doing a double header this morning. Um, I actually have more energy for this second one, even though I kind of feel tired. Recording this on October 20th, 9, 11 a.m. Eastern. Oh, not a best time. Oh, <laughs> Um, (laughs) but yeah, for the archives, um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, actually, uh, you know, sometimes things just pop up in your algorithm. I realized that the show has become a more of what has Clint watched on YouTube lately, um, <laughs> but you know, look, as a aspiring podcaster who wants to do some big things, eh? Um, I probably sound a little appropriating, but you know what? It's only appropriating if people don't like it. So I guess it's still appropriating. It's kind of weird. It's called appropriating, but it's not appropriate. Well, I guess it's because someone outside is trying to make it more appropriate for them to say it. So I guess that's why it's appropriating. I think it's appropriate for me to stop that right now conversation. Anyways, but yeah, um, <laughs> um, stay in your lane, clamps. Skirt, skirt. But yeah, so Bill Simmons 
One of the most downloaded podcasts, sports podcast, the most downloaded sports podcast in the history of podcasts, right? He's got the biggest sports audience. He's got really just the biggest audience. Like, it's actually one of the most underrated success stories from someone who came from a big company, left the company, and legitimately has gone done above and beyond. Than what most most people when they leave like ESPN, you know, they'll go work for Fox Sports or they'll go work for NBC Sports or they'll go to like a local station or they'll get into political television and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for someone to leave ESPN, had his issues with ESPN, which probably makes him what he is, having a strong belief and what he believes sports media should be of how he really believes stuff should be. Um, he left and started his own media podcast, essentially media company called The Ringer. Um, and you know, it has grown over the years. Started with his show. Now he's got the Ryan Rosillo podcast. This is really inside baseball. You know, he's got all different avenues of sports covered with very niche interests, whether it's wrestling you know, there's baseball podcasts, there's regional from New York, Chicago. He has shows for that. But he's the big, he's got the big show, right? WWE. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, his ability to, his his memory for shit is like off the, like, the dude can just do a podcast, just him, intro and with guests and stuff. And his memory and his knowledge and his actual uh, information of all these different pop culture. He, he li- they literally have a podcast called The Rewatchables, where it's literally just them reviewing movies for like hour and a half, sometimes two hours, and legitimately like him and like have a cut one or two other people, and they just go scene, not scene by scene, but kind of give an idea of their thoughts and then breaking down scenes, what was good, what was bad, and they'll have like you know. It's a whole like it's it's the one of the better movie review podcasts out there. It's actually like and it's really good. It's you know sports pop culture. It's really a success. Now he sold his the Ringer was sold for I believe like 250 300 million to Spotify. So or it was like license, you know that whole thing. Like it's very it's doing it's doing real well and it's doing great. But he actually did a interview kind of like a sit down interview in front of a group. It was only like 23 minutes, which was a shame. I mean, I'm pretty sure that he was on a time limit, even though it didn't really look like, but it's really a shame. Cause it should have been one of those that should have been like an hour plus. Like it could have been like a legitimate good interview, like a Ted talk in a way. Where he kind of navigated sports podcasting. One of the first podcasts, started podcasting in 07, I learned. And I've been watching him since the Grantland days. That's actually, Grantland is how I really learned about listening to podcasts. And it was like high school where I actually like got into it. So I've been a podcast consumer for over 9, 10 years. And then I started one 7 years later. Sometimes... Things inspire you, and it takes a while for it to fester in your head, and it hits you like, hey, dude, fucking do it. 
But it was one of those inspiring things. Um, and I believe... But he said in the interview, essentially talking about podcasting, what makes good, what are the most important qualities for success and all that stuff, how the industry is changing, you know, all these different, like every information in the podcast or in this interview was beyond valuable. It's maybe that you could get more of a 23 minute interview than hearing some dumbass. I want to say dumb, but you could go on YouTube and type in what makes podcasts successful? What not to do on a podcast? And it'll be some guy that has as many views as I do talking to you about, oh, what you're doing wrong in a podcast. And then you listen, and then you listen to them. And like, it's, it's always ironic to me when, because everyone has done it, that's our YouTube channel, how to get more views, right? You type in the video, and a lot of the videos you click on, don't have a lot of views, not a high engagement. You know, it's like, huh, you guys don't even know how to get views 100%. You may know, but you guys can't apply. So it's not as simple as just X, Y, and Z. So simple things he said was, um, you can't treat it like a third or fourth thing you do. It's got to be the first, maybe second thing you do, depending on, you know, what your first thing you do it. He's like, but if you want to be successful in this, you have to be committed. You have to be consistent. And it's not just something that you do for, you know, for fun. Like, it is fun. And the rewards are great if you, you know, become successful. But it cannot just be something that you just kind of do as a hobby. At least not to start out. Well, Maybe you could start like that, and then if it naturally hits and grows, then that may... But in terms of long-standing, it can't just be something you do. It has to be what you do, right? Essentially, that was kind of just... It was consistency, quality. And quality, you know, is it's not necessarily having the greatest, craziest edits. It could be the quality of your conversation skills, the quality of you talking. The quality of what the hell you're talking about, the quality of the information, if you're talking about informational things, it's just the quality of uh, what you're talking about and how you go about it. Another thing is, um, shit, hold on, it's kind of slip on my mind. See, we got quality, we got consistency, and, um, God damn it, Clint. Shit. But, all right, well, I'll skip. <laughs> That's a pretty big thing just to skip. Ah, you know, I'll get back to the main things. Um, <laughs> but um, it's just, it's amazing the value you can learn from the actual top dogs. And, I, you know, it's interesting what I've noticed from the biggest podcasts in the world, him in sports, Joe Rogan, and I guess just general podcast because he talks about just about everything, is they are not about restricting information. They are not about restricting information. They're not about not helping people. Like it's funny how the biggest people in the fields actually want other people to get you know, to know how to do it. It's always the people that are like kind of getting good at it or they're kind of getting a fan base and they're afraid 
if they help or give any information that's they're going to eat away at their views or they're going to take that information and surpass them and stuff it's like it's funny the big because the biggest people know that the big like the best will always stand out regardless there could be three million podcasts made of bar the best of the best po people are going to always go to what they know they're getting in comfort so all these podcasts, all the and you gotta have a consistent style. He didn't say that specifically, but I kind of picked it up, at least my interpretation. Is you gotta have a consistent style. You gotta have a thing that when people listen to you, they know what they're getting. Like either they're not getting bullshitted, or they just know they're coming to you for what they're coming to you for. Um, and it's a trust thing. And that's the thing, it's like, the second you lose trust from your audience, that's when you might fall into some trouble. So, essentially, those were kind of the main things. He, he And his idea about where the podcast industry is going is that, you know, the term that she uses, he's bullish on it. I, that term always, like, it sounds different than what I actually interpret it as. It's like, he... He's like, look, the industry has changed, but the stuff that actually makes good good has not, essentially. Like, it's crazy how, you know, in my, you know, in my point of view, it's like, look, you could change all the rules in the NBA game. You can make shooting easier. You can make offense easier and all that stuff. When it comes down to it, you still got to be able to rebound box someone out to win a game. Or otherwise, they're going to keep you an opportunity to score. In football, you still got to be able to tackle. Regardless of all the offensive rules that have changed, you still got to be able to be physical at the, at the line of scrimmage. There are things that in the test of time, no matter all the rules, the advances, the technology, the information, they're just things of the essence of what makes it it, that's human behavior, that is human reactions, that you cannot change. People are either like you, they don't, people, your interests can change, people's interests in you can change. Maybe people don't listen to you as much anymore, but it's still, there's still value in that. So I don't know, I guess I just kind of liked it. Um, it was something like, you know, it's one of those things when you're grinding at this and you know, man, like when you when you treat this as a priority, when you have a very busy life, with work schedules and everything else that comes with it, it's like, you know, it's not that you, I never think like, oh, my, you know, could I be, do I really be need to put this much time and stuff? And then you see, you're like, you know what? Yes, this is why I do what I do. And this is why I love it. You know, you got to love it. Oh, 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 you gotta love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, podcast, you know, that's the thing, man. You don't really know what it is until you do it. Um, you don't really know what makes your you don't really know what how bad you really want to do this until you start doing it and maybe progress is not picking up the way you thought 
or you're, and then over time, it kind of like, when you're kind of in a same place, but there's growth here, sometimes there's setback, it does make you like not be as like, man, you know, is this really what I should be best spending my time on? And then next thing you know, you're at 230 episodes, you're like, well, something about me keeps on doing this shit. And when I saw, I'm not going to make this about me, but when I saw that video at that time, it was almost like perfect timing with everything going on. And I'm just like, you know what? Sometimes it's just like you needed to, you needed to see, you needed to kind of hear it, like consistency, creating an audience to what you're not. It's not, he didn't use the word niche, but create an audience to you. Make people, make you the reason why people come to the show. Because topics will come here and there. You can't rely on trendy topics. You should be able to, whatever it is you want to focus on. People come to you when they're like, oh, I want to know what this person thinks about this genre or this type of uh, realm of what they're interested in. And make them, make you be the person they come to. So yeah, I thought it was great. I liked it. Um, but yeah. So. Oh my god. Uh, I'm like Anne Frank. I'll knock from the attic. And they'll be like, who goes there? Um, <laughs> you inglorious bastard. Um, <laughs> uh, well, we all are bastards from the milk well, and I'll milk her real well. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love it. Uh, I gotta say, man, I am a very, you know, we, we are very fortunate to live in a world where we can complain about how much time we don't have because the time that we do have is used to actually develop a potentially better life, right? You go to other countries, and as someone who's never traveled, um, <laughs> you know, you know, what you hear from other places is that it's a lot of hopelessness. It's they never have time to sleep. They never have time to eat because. They're spending all their day just to survive in a way. And today's sponsor um, <laughs> is Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, I made a... Nothing like when you forget your fucking wallet. You go through a school zone that's actually in use. The thing is, like, sometimes you leave the house in the morning. Like, I've been up. I was like, you know, I'm going to need a Duncan to get through this second episode. Not in a bad way, just so you know. I got shit to do. And I left the house. I was like, you know what? I even like planned a couple hours before. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go Duncan while this. I had it all planned out. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bring my bag. I always bring my bag. Like, you know what? I trust myself. Nothing's going to happen. I'm just going to grab my keys. Get my water and head out, and I'll be back in like 20 minutes. I planned it all out. When I get back, I start. And then I left, get there, and I realize 
I forgot my fucking wallet. Now, why would you guys give a fuck that I forget my fucking wallet? Because you know what the boy tried to do? I'm bringing back some old off and beat with Clint Nelson vibes. Welcome to the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. I don't know if I said it at the beginning. But, um, <laughs> as I'm like about to say this, I'm like reminding myself of the Culver's situation. My sister liked that story. I, I used to have a lot of stories. And they were all true. They're all true, by the way. This one's really true. I decide to think about doing a douchey move, right? So I go inside. My wallet, not with me, but I just have my keys. And I'm hoping that just one person that I see on a regular basis is working. Because you know what? I could try If You know, here's the thing. When you go somewhere enough and you smile, you're nice to them and stuff. Typically, if you have paid enough money there, if something happens and it's something like there where it's a few dollars and they can make it and just give it to you and it's not a big deal. You can go to the register. They already ring it up. They already may start making it. And you're like, oh, shit, I forgot my wallet. Fuck. And you're like, let me go check in the car. So you go to the car. And you're hoping that maybe they come back. They have your drink made on the counter. And you come like, shit, I left my wallet at home. I'm so sorry. And since the drinks are made, like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We got you today. So that's what I was hoping for. I'm not going to lie. I tried to pull a fast one. Um, I got up there and no one that was working that day, I've, I've never seen just, I've only seen one or two, but they were not working anywhere near the front area that I was going to. So I go to the front, she rings it up. It's kind of like a Russian girl. I'm like, Oh, she don't play. Good thing. I didn't wear my Ukraine flag. Um, (laughs) uh, but, um, <laughs> uh, but, um, so I, uh, I was like, I didn't, I did a fake pad to my pockets. I'm like, oh shit. I forgot my wall in my car. She's like, oh, okay. And she just looked and she walked away, like going back to work. Like, all right. So I go to my car, pretend, come back a minute later. And I'm like. Hey, shit, I forgot my wallet. She's like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, and I was just like, yeah, all right. I'm sorry. I apologized <laughs> for no fucking reason. Um, and she just walked away. All right, have a great day. And I'm like, you fucking cunt. You can't even offer. All right. I went to my car and I was like, shit. I waited in traffic, did all that shit. I'm like, do I just go home, call it a night? But I'm like, you know what? If I already pre planned to like, I'm gonna do my show and I don't do it, that shit fucks me up. So I was like, fuck. So I drive home. I bring the whole bag, double check, make sure I have it all. I go back, blah, blah, blah. I go in there. So I go to the front counter. And I was like, you know what? To make use for the gas that I just kind of wasted. Let me get two so I don't have to worry about tomorrow. And I go up there and I order two. And (laughs) I, uh... 
So I'm waiting for my drinks, and I'm waiting there, waiting there, and one comes out, it's like, cool, here's a French vanilla. The second one comes out, it's like, all right, cool. And they call the third one out. They're like, uh, pumpkin iced coffee, and I just stood there, I knew it wasn't for me, but there was no one in the lobby. And they they just placed it on the counter, and I'm just like, <sighs> Should I? I was going my head. And I grabbed that bitch. And I knew it wasn't mine. Um, but there was no one in the lobby. And I felt like it was kind of God's sign. I felt like maybe God was putting me in a position. Like, you know what? Because of what happened earlier, you didn't overreact. You didn't blow your top. You didn't blame anyone. You just self load You went back home and committed to what you're doing. I'm going to reward you with a thing, even though I don't like pumpkin. And I took that bitch. I did. I don't, I don't even have three cup holders in my car. I held one nice cold in between my balls. And it felt nice. The pumpkin was pretty big, Charlie Brown. Um... <laughs> Uh, the only thing, it wasn't liquid sugar. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. I took that shit home. And it's sitting in my fridge. And you know what? Part of me feels guilt. And I know I just admitted to stealing. But I didn't, st- I didn't go in there and order nothing. I ordered two overpriced things. And with the price of inflation back a couple years ago, I could have got what I got for two for three anyway. So you know what? So be it. I'm not saying it's right, kids. I'm not saying steal. All I'm saying is, I got a deal. Um, <laughs> and you know what? If there was a comment section on Reddit, like they do for the fighter and the kid, where they just shit on every podcast and shit on Brendan and all that stuff, I would get like, oh, this guy singing like it's cool to steal just because he's a white male in society or... All this stuff. It's like, no. I think it's okay for me to steal in this instance. Because I have given Duncan Locations rent money. Okay? That's why I think it's okay. You know what? That's why. I'm one of those. Hey, you know what? I pay your bills. I don't really think like that. But um, it's nice to think. It's nice to say out loud. I can see why these people just have a field day. I pay you. I own you. And you're just like you don't even own your car. Um, <laughs> how are you gonna say you own me? You haven't even paid off your house. You haven't even paid off your car. You don't even own the shoes. Even that's on a financing plan. You bum. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say you own me when you don't even own your own shit. Maybe that's your problem. You're worried about paying me instead of paying you. Fuck the buy you. Welcome to the pay you. <laughs> Mr. Pay you a drink. Uh, or what is it called? Payola? I think it's like some internet shit. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, that was my Duncan run. It's really inexpensive out here. I gotta admit, that's really what makes me quit. Prices. And if that don't make you quit, then uh, I 
think that's probably a sign. But yeah, never lost. Only quitters quit. Which is a great mentality. Never quit. Except, you know, when it's time to quit. Um, <laughs> but you know what? You got to take the good with the bad with those characterizations. You know, people that never quit, you know what? They may, you know, put a couple slap in cheeks of the white because you know what? They are committed to being on top of everything. And when, they're, when their girl's not, you know, cleaning and cooking, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Jesus Christ. Apparently, girls really don't like it. I found out the hard way. Girls do not like it. When you joke about anything about women even being slightly inferior about anything, I'm not saying I believe that. I'm saying it's okay to joke about the obvious shit. Like, it's like, oh, like I was listening to some earlier in the car with my lady. And look, I'm not exposing anything crazy. We're listening to something. And you know what's funny? The whole podcast. They were confirming all of hers. Things she's been telling me from fluoride is killing you. Fluoride is making your penis small. Not my penis, but, you know, the world's. You know, because they did this about mammals and plastic. Pla- no, it's plastic makes your taint small. Because they did it on apes and shit. It's like, but, you know, all this shit is just bad for you. It's killing you. Cancer, cancer, right? And she was having a field day, shoving it in my face for the whole 20 minutes ago. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. I didn't deny that those things didn't exist. I just like, I don't know. It's funny when you just say, I don't know. <laughs> They're just like, mm-hmm, yeah, 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 how's it feel? It's like, I don't know. We still use fluoride toothbrush, so toothpaste. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> it's all the same, um, which I actually did. One thing about the fluoride in the water, a little thing, was like they started doing it in the 40s or 50s because they quote unquote wanted to keep people's teeth better, you know, better dental. Obviously, there's a lot of issues with fluoride, brain damage and shit like that. That's according to whatever I was hearing. And, you know, think about it. As I actually think it is possible. I'm not saying it's true. I actually think the intention of the fluoride in water could be to keep... They really might have did it to keep people's dental care better. Because the more dental care people... Better dental care. The more they're willing to spend on it. If it's obtainable. It's not falling out of their mouth. The longer in oral health is very important to living long. With your breathing, saliva, blah, blah, blah. Digesting food. um, Eating fucking food. Um... So, the better your teeth are, the more stuff you can eat, the more you can consume, the more money you'll spend. So, you know what? Even from a capitalist and more negative point of views, it is still beneficial for everything, right? And I was like, you know, maybe the intention was that. And then, it just found out all this other shit came with it. Maybe they knew about it. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Two things can be true. Um... But then, they were talking about how they were comparing, you know, it was the Protect Our Parks episode. So, anyone that watches that shit, shit's hilarious. But Mark, Norman, uh, Shane Gillis, Ari Shafir, they were kind of going back and forth like, yeah, this, that's how, <laughs> this is how we knew Iran or whoever was going to lose the war when they were fucking 
doing jumping jacks, you know, show videos of doing jumping jacks, and then the other, then the other military was doing fucking pull-ups and monkey bars and all this, like, shit, and they were shredded, and he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, well, that is like, you know, and that's the thing, like, and Mark was like, well, you know, it was instant, it's like, because then they start talking about American Ninja Warrior, it's like, you know, the most impressive thing is, like, 106 pound, a 106 pound woman, just like being able to do that shit. It's like, dude, you gotta be an athlete. It's like, yeah, you know, women are really good at hanging on this stuff. It's like, well, at least they're good at something, right? And let me tell you, when he said that, everyone knows he doesn't really mean that that's all women are good for. But I've noticed a lot of women don't like these jokes. And it's like, you know what? Us men, we listen to shit, talk about how. We ain't this and that, even if we do everything in the world, but there's one thing we don't do. Oh, we're not certified mechanic. Oh, we don't make this amount. Oh, we don't do this. Oh, we never go, like, all this shit we just take shit for. You ain't like this man I dated 18 years ago. It's like, all right, Jada, you're right. And how's that? Oh, yeah, he's been in prison for 19 years. So what the fuck are you talking about? Um... (laughs) It's like they always reference the worst example of someone they could have been with. They're either not alive or they're completely not reasonable to be with for whatever reason. And you're just like, all right, well, you know what? Obviously, if it was so great, they would have stayed with your ass, right? So shut the fuck up, all right? So any boo-boo. And just a slide is joke. I know, and I'm not doing this light point, but I'm saying like this is a normal thing that women get very like sensitive towards the anything that's like women aren't as good as men in something even though he was saying you guys are really good at this it's just like hey you know at least you're good at something (laughs) you know it's like it's tongue-in-cheek it's not that serious but a lot of women get very about that stuff And I get it, you know, you don't want to just, like, let it happen in passing. But instead of being like, not funny, why don't you just say something in return that's actually applicable? Say something that men actually suck at. Just say it. And then it's fun. It's all fun and games. But no, it's always going to be like, no. It's like, all right. Angry bird. Um, <laughs> the bird is the word, and I'm on a rotisserie. <laughs> uh, woo! God, I really do want to kind of experience some new culture. I do feel like. You know what, let me be a culture vulture or something. I don't know. It could be real southern culture. It could be, I don't know, Hindu. Well, that's not culture, that's religion. You know what, culture is, I guess, more like a regional thing. But I guess it also is like a group of people. Then. I want to experience like Louisiana culture. That Nolens. Or, you know, some, you know, I don't know, like Vermont culture. New York culture. You know, some aggressive Fighting, you know, underground battle. Um, 
you know, maybe go experience like some Guatemalan culture. And apparently Natalie Holloway's, randomly, I just, that Natalie Holloway, her killer has finally admitted to doing it. And it's like, you know, I'm so mad because that was a story that happens like nine years old, eight or nine years old. I remember that was like the number one thing on all this inside edition, all this like worldwide news. Like what we like for the pat like last year when it was the girl with the Brian laundry dude who disappeared when they were traveling the world and all this shit. You know, this is why I don't travel the world with a bald headed dude. Never works out. All right. And went to go to whatever, experience all the woods. Any guy that just wants to travel and experience the woods, you're going to end up in it. Hopefully you survive. Probably not. But Natalie Holloway went to Aruba. So I guess it doesn't really apply here. But look, you go to these countries that sound beautiful. Aruba, it sounds beautiful. You know, you go a couple miles outside of the tourist part. It's not very beautiful. And that's probably what happened to Natalie. Um, <laughs> and uh, I remember that was like the biggest thing in the world, right? And now, you know, I'll be honest. Now that like I, for the past years I've been here about when white girls go missing all that shit. It's like this whole like sat, this whole, like, whole national search is all news. And then when it's other races from missing in... Uh, from missing Native American women, from missing woman, from missing woman who like have, who literally get their body parts dismembered so it could be resold for surgery and they're trafficked. Because there's only missing woman and men, but missing woman all the time. That's just randomly missing, and typically it's because they'll take their uterus out so they can. <laughs> They'll take body parts of organs and then sell their parts and shit. It's a like a real shitty black market business type of thing. It's actually really fucked up. But um, it is just one of those things where you've got to kind of... You got to stop traveling the world, man. It is not, the world is not meant to be traveled. You're supposed to settle down. You're supposed to be in a relative place. I'm not saying never go anywhere on vacation once or twice a year. I'm just saying this whole like, I want to experience the world thing. This is the world. These cartel, these kidnappings, these people that want to kill women that are, you know, For the taking that are targets. uh, Are not protected. You are not protected. You're barely. You know. No one's really protected here. To be honest. But you go to these other countries. You're more of a target. More than ever. That's the thing you know. That this whole like white privilege thing. It may exist here. Once Once you leave here. It's the opposite. You're a target. Like as a tourist. You are a target. Because it's like, by the time they realize you're gone, your family's far away, it's like, hey, you know, it's been three weeks. <laughs> you know, what's uh, what's going on there? It's hard to reach out there. Then they gotta get personal police uh, searching for you. And they're like, hey, yeah, look, she, she's in the water somewhere. Like, if, if the GPS on her phone says she's deep down, she's deep down. Um, 
But I don't know what happened with Natalie Hall. But let's be honest. People don't disappear. Like, not meant like there's just random times where like. Like a, like a 12 year old child will be abducted. And then they're found like a week later. You know, alive. You know, safely. But more likely when you're missing for a couple weeks. Months. You know, I, I want to be the bearer of bad news, but it's uh, it's bad news bears. It's not going. It's it's not going in your direction. No matter how Davy Jones's compass goes, there she goes. There she goes again. Uh, that may be the name of this episode. I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah. You know, there's a part of me. You know, like uh, like Drake would say, let me green light. Like, alright, Drake. Like, that's part of, like, Drake be really trying to, like, here's the thing. Drake has the resources to do bad shit to you. But Drake himself is not going to do bad shit to you. So it makes all these likes, I'm going to put a hit out. Like, because real people that operate in that real mafia, cartel, lifestyle type of shit, um, they, they don't go on Twitter saying green light. They may do subliminal shit to send cues out, you know, in certain ways. But they are not saying green light. It's like, Drake, like, you really think you could do that? And if the person you did that were to be die, if they were to die and disappear three days later, like, you really think that's like, it's not going to come back to you? Like, I honestly just don't think Drake would be that stupid to do it. I honestly don't. I, he's a really smart dude. And, of course, he's going to be saying, like, oh, no, it's actually subliminal for something else. It's like, all right, man. But that's the, Drake. I love Drake. But he has definitely capitalized on a culture when it comes to, like, that gang culture. Because he raps with people. Because he had raps with artists who are associated with certain things. Like, Young Thug, Young Slime Life, he has worked with. These artists who have been associated with these things. And you know, I think some it's like because he's so big, he's like the definition of trying to fit to such a mass appeal and keep that credibility from the streets by going to the streets like he did with Rico on uh the game with the game. Really, really hot song. I I mean Music video is fired too, even though he did kind of look a little nervous in some of that music video. Uh, should be. Um, <laughs> 99, 100. Oh no, it was actually 100 with the game, sorry. Rico with another song. Might be with Meek Mill for that one. Maybe not. That may have been with the game too. I don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, no, look, he's done some... He definitely tries to appeal to a fault, and it just kind of comes off as a little corny. Like, I don't think Drake is kidnapping Natalie Holloway. I don't think he's sending out a hit for Andrew Tate. I just don't. It just doesn't make any sense, to be honest. Um, No matter what he said about you Canadian boys, 
It is so funny watching Drake's like old music videos where he's like trying to be so cool with the glasses and his popped out hair. Like, that's kind of cute. He's a cutie. Well, not in that way. Yeah, gotta watch myself. Yeah, that sounded really sus. I was mad, like, you know, like, oh, you little, you little booger head. Um, <laughs> let me give him a little nuggy. Uh, yeah. But, uh, any skedaddle. Let me skedaddle out of that transition. So, if I were the doggy paddle to your tailbone, does that mean I'm man's best friend? Huh? See what I did there? Alright. Alrighty. Let me pull out that wishbone and hope I get the better half. Because you are my better half. Even if you're the lesser half, I know you wanna have more than you can be for that time. Uh -huh. I don't need you to want me, I need you to see me for who I desire to want to be for you and be me. That was gay. But, um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I do find it interesting. Um, you look like you came from the 70s on your own. Um, <laughs> but no, anyways, yeah. So, this whole Michelle Obama thing right rumor speculation is that she has a paw print in between her crotch so i just want to put it to rest right so point was brought out right you know we have pregnancy pics of rihanna and someone pointed out we don't have any pregnancy pics of Michelle Obama. It's like, well, I don't know. Her daughters are now in college. <clears throat> and she wasn't really brought into the limelight until they were like in middle school or I guess elementary school. So like, there probably wasn't many pictures of her walking around anyways. She probably didn't really have to be out there until she was a first lady. I don't want to come off as a defendant because... I think it's just one of those funny things per se, but imagine if you're like the two daughters that came out of her and you're starting to think like, mom, I'm just a little curious. You got to show it. You got to show, which I'm pretty sure like if there are daughters, you know, I was going to say they've probably seen it, but I don't know because people think like if you've seen your parents' private parts, that that's like. This weird, like, oh, if you've seen the private parts, it must have been X, Y, and Z. It's like, you've never walked in when you were six years old on someone changing. Never happened. Never. And let's be honest. If you're a parent, like, and your child's like three years old and they're just walking around, 
are you like are you telling me like you never just you had the change real quick and they were walking around doing what three-year-old toddlers do and doing stupid shit like and you're just like shit i gotta change and then you know you take off your shorts you got your underwear or you were peeing and then someone walked in you're like hey kid and you're like ah whatever they're not gonna remember except when they go to school three years later like i've seen my daddy's pp and then it's like hey child protective services is like Saw it from 12 feet away. Um, <laughs> I think that's more of a compliment if you really think about it. Uh-huh. And they're like, no, it's not actually. Your child saw it. You got to cover it up. It's like I had the blinds down. The other kids didn't see it. It was my kid. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be kind of harder. <laughs> this is getting kind of weird. It would be kind of harder if you're a child to see your mom's just because, you know, the angle's not really, you know, objective. It's not conducive to what you're not trying to see, but what you might see. But if Michelle did have something down there, then maybe they did see it. And I guess the real question is, just based off the body type, the frame the the voice um do we think hers is bigger than Barack's it's never been something I thought about now that would be a first lady um <laughs> lady lady but yeah um but yeah look a lot of things happened at that Oval Office. Look, Bill Clinton was getting Oval Dome. Uh, I think Gerald Ford or one of the presidents did coke in there. Um, apparently, there was a lot of discussions of blowing up shit in that office. Yeah, look, the Oval Office is that it is Oval, and it makes things well-rounded. As long as you drink a good glass of Ovaltine, which maybe Ovaltine is really just a bunny's period. Because think about it, it's a little thick. It's a little milky. Maybe it's actually bunny breast milk. It'd be like Lola if she was an adult. Bugs and Lola creating breast milk. We know bugs would... We know Bugs is a titty sucker. Um, <laughs> oh, he'll take her to Space Jam. Um, <laughs> and let's just say uh, he doesn't take pre-workout. He takes Michael's secret stuff. <laughs> Play long. Um, <laughs> I make myself laugh way too much. Um, but look. There's just sometimes you just got to go for it. And that's life. You just got to go for the go for the taint. So someone just got to go to Michelle. Grab her by the pom pom and say too soon soon. Huh? Huh? No. And then ask her. I won't tell no one. If you find out what's true, just ask her one thing. 
If a conspiracy theorist were to be able to ask one question to the president, and the president we assume may, well, we know the president know all the but let's say we had one opportunity to have the full truth to any conspiracy or hoax that's deemed to be a hoax. That is kind of wishy-washy, that has not been confirmed, and we can just actually get the 100% truth to one conspiracy. What do you think the most extreme conspiracy theorists would ask? They would probably ask some of the dumbest shit that doesn't matter. Was the moon landing real? It's like, honestly, look, there's a lot of suspect things. Honestly, when you kind of look into... Mm, it seems very like mm, certain things aren't moving on the moon the way that science says it should move. Um, how come we haven't gone back? How come we haven't taken the same footage? Blah, blah, blah. It's probably more of just a cost-effective standpoint. It's like, do we really need to go to the moon for fucking what? It shines the light at night. The moon is not more pro. There's not more stuff on the moon that we need. It's other countries that has or the other the countries, the other fucking planets. God damn it, Clint. Um, <laughs> see, you know what? This is the dumb part about the internet is that like if someone would ever take clips from my show and then do out of context, they can make like forty minute videos off of a ten episode series they could take a 10 episode increment listen to all 10 episodes sorry if you had to do that for your job one day like people i do for joe rogan show they find out everything he said wrong and shit in previous episodes and find offensive they listen to 10 episodes they could find like 40 minutes of out of context with just me saying stuff for five minutes like how dumb clint is then you just go to the other countries out there um <laughs> in the solar system <laughs> Oh, God. But, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, the the chemicals, the fucking... Whatever's on the periodic table elements, we're just trying to get from these other planets, to be honest. Um, Periodically. Um, And that's why... uh, Shit, what's that one? What's the red one? It's been a while, sorry. I'm not very updated on my solar system. But yeah, I think Mercury... Mercury's red, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. I don't want to sound like it. One of them, when they do the close-up lava-looking thing, it just looks like one big period going on. It's like, man, this is what a period must feel like. Just intense, slow, dry, under crazy amount of pressure in that atmosphere. Um, shout out to the period holders out there. It's the only time you'll be able to finish a sentence. Okay, Clint. That may be one of the most corniest shit I've ever said in my life. Oh, God. But yeah, I don't know if you guys are digging. You guys digging the merch? I have a one of one. Because if I were to ever do merch, this would not be a bad hat. Honestly, this is a pretty good hat considering the resources they had to use. I made this logo off a preset logo. Even has a little side things. I think I was supposed to delete those. I just never did. Um, 
They were actually trying to give me a t-shirt and stuff, but they said it was kind of pain in the ass. Like, it wouldn't do the settings they like, so the hat was just easier. But you know what? I appreciate it. But you know what? Maybe one day I will have a full merch. I'm not, you know, I've never wanted, no matter, like, if I become, if this is my career and stuff like that, I, I just, I don't know if I would ever want to do merch three years later. Hey, guys, could type in, uh... Type in C Drizzle 97 if you want 30% off merch. Um, <laughs> it's all awesome. Hey guys, if you want to type in, uh, t- if you want to type in, and it's never just our name, it's always got to be like some weird nickname inside joke of the show. So I guess it proves that people are listening and shit, you know. So you actually do the ad. It's like, hey guys, check out my merch. I have no, I don't have a problem with people in merch but it seems like why does everything have to be like merch why does everything have to be shirts like i don't i'll be honest i've never bought someone's shirt from a show or a podcast directly i've never like someone posted merch and i'm like ooh, let me pay that and they're always gonna put the 15 percent off for everything it's like they're just gonna raise the price 50 percent. so yes they're giving you 15 percent off but really they're still making what they originally wanted to make so whatever Code Alex, um, I just think, I don't know, like, clothes, it's not really my thing, selling clothes, it's like, I, like, I appreciate someone, like, I would actually buy, now I think, like, my favorite podcast shows, I would actually buy, like, but I'm not gonna go out there, and, like, they always overcharge with this shit, it's always, like, 70 bucks for a fucking sweater, it's like, Jesus Christ, 110 bucks for a hoodie, and it's like, then it's just like, they just give you plain printed shirt with the thing in the middle. Like, here you go. It's like, thanks. But yeah, great hat. I love it. You know, I really, it's not, you know, it's pretty like surreal. It's actually surreal that like my thing is made into a product. This show has a product. Like, that's crazy. It's really crazy when you think about it. I have a product. And boy, I am producing overtime. I did an hour-long fucking episode. Yeah. But all right, it's 10 a.m. I gotta get some sleep. All right, guys, that was episode 230 of the Off and Be podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Ooh, finishing episode is satisfying. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most poor ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Yeah. Sucking some good old titties for breakfast. Add titties for breakfast. Titties for breakfast. Hey. Titties for breakfast. Hey. I think about my old raps really had that tiny meat gang type of vibe. Hey. This you want to come back, back, back. All right, guys. Have a great day. Have a great day. Happy birthday. In case you don't think it's real, often be with Clint Nelson. Yeah, yeah.